Welcome to Zeitgeist Leadership Pulse. In this podcast, we look at the strategies and the strategic mindset leaders need to succeed and drive their businesses forward in an increasingly complex, uncertain, and digital age. Hello, and welcome everyone to this week's uh, episode of Zeitgeist Leadership Pulse. We're really excited to have Pauline Nordstrom from Anacanta Consulting with us today. And she's going to talk us through the subject of um, artificial intelligence. And we really want to be thinking about that as leaders, particularly now during the COVID-19. How can artificial intelligence help us moving forward? And what are some of the characteristics, if you like, of AI that we might not be aware of and that can really be beneficial to our business? So welcome, Pauline, to the podcast. Really delighted that you can be here. Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's a real pleasure to, to be talking about my favourite subject and to be giving some insights on this. Super. So, Pauline, before we start to dive into the uh, subject of AI, it'd be great if you could tell our audience a little bit more about yourself, um, about your business. How did you get into this business? Yeah, just give us yeah. a bit of a background. Yeah, certainly. Um, my background is in uh, leadership and development of uh, B2B tech businesses. Technologies that have taken to market um, in the past have been cybersecurity focused products, video analytics, um, integration, simple automation products to solve enterprise security problems, um, actually working across multiple sectors um, in retail, banking, uh, transport, government. Um, my roles have involved COO, MD, president, um, leading and managing teams, um, bringing new products to market. Uh, digital transformation has been high on the agenda in all these businesses. People development, uh, bringing the teams along, managing funders, M&A acquisitions. And also, um, I was elected chair of the British Security Industry Association. Um, and also, I've sat on various technical committees in the industry to help create policy um, for the industry, for business, focused around the key issues and mainly surrounding the use of technology about privacy and ethics. Um, and I've championed these issues for some time, sort of talking to the media mainstream and trade media on the subject to help promote the use of the technology. Um, so that's, that's my background and leading from there into AI. AI has kind of evolved over time and um, my interests have evolved with it as I could see that it was becoming more accessible and applicable to solving business uh, problems and, pro and improving products. And um, I have to say that I really suffered a lot of pain as an executive trying to um, understand all the insights that multiple data sources might be giving and um, trying to correlate across multiple businesses internationally with all the factors that affect business. I knew there was a problem that needed to be solved there. And actually, if I'd had AI at that point, I would have been delighted. But normally it would mean a lot of number crunching and a huge amount of time spent just bringing the data together, data together before making decisions. Um, so I knew AI could solve those sorts of problems, uh, but I didn't know enough. So I, I set about learning more. Um, and, and actually any computer science graduate would know this, but you know, your average business person wouldn't know these things. So I decided I needed that background. Mm -hmm. So I went back to school and I did the University of Oxford AI program to make sure I had a thorough grounding on the history, uh, the background of AI, um, the technologies, the maths, even looked at the maths of neural networks. 
and um, how AI could be applied across multiple sectors from predictive policing in America to um, the analysis of images in healthcare. So um, that, that's my interest grew and grew. And I felt that um, through my own experience and also understanding some of the problems that were existing in businesses, I formed Anacanta Consulting at the end of last year. And um, just to give you a bit of background into the name, it's derived from the philosophy of Anacantavada, which um, in the philosophy, it's explained that there are many perspectives, each of which may tell a different story. And it's only by combining all of these perspectives that you may have um, the whole picture and the best decision and the best conclusion can be reached. And I felt that this philosophy really applied to business, but also the application of AI in business to create a better all round view. So that was the business idea. I could see a need in the market um, across multiple sectors and focused on a counter around two real themes, um, although it does other things. The main activities are to help um, innovative R&D companies who would like to take AI products to market to define the problem they're solving because there's a tendency to just develop technology for the sake of it and not really take that out to the world to solve the problem. So I work with these organizations to help them with that and also with corporates to help them really realize the potential of AI. I think more boards are becoming aware that AI might be able to improve their businesses, but they don't really know a great deal about it. So I help them with that. I think there's a gap in the market um, because it doesn't seem to be easy access to sort of real world sort of well-explained business focused AI and you know that's where I feel I can help I am helping and um, the result is that businesses can actually improve their products improve their processes bring the people along consider all the privacy aspects and work in harmony with AI to improve business and, and society as a whole as a result yeah oh wow that's gosh you have a long um how should I say, long interest in IT, computing. Science. So much so, yeah. That's amazing, wonderful. And so AI is really also very much a, a, an interest of yours, isn't it? So it's, yeah, it's, very much always, so. it's always interesting to see when, when uh, business leaders really are pursuing something that they themselves are very interested in. So as you're working with companies who develop AI um, solutions, what are some of the things you're telling them that they need to maybe be thinking about when they want to bring those things to market or, or show them to potential customers? Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, well, one of the things that I think is really important that the, the board, that this is, this is dealt with from a leadership level in the organization, that's the first thing. We need to elevate AI onto the board agenda because it has the potential to create great improvement within business but also it could have a negative effect if privacy concerns aren't dealt with, if the ethics of the implementation aren't really considered. And also the board is ultimately accountable and responsible. And um, if, if AI is implemented without these considerations, um, there's potential for employees to be upset by that, um, for their privacy to be harmed. And also the necessary challenges that need to be made to, to ask the question, about bias in the, the AI's decisions um, in the source data sets you know the board needs to know which questions to ask before embarking on this journey um, fundamentally I would 
be a great supporter of technology that solves problems rather than technology for technology's sake. And um, as we, we see companies uh, getting access to more and more data, they have a problem with um, actually correlating that data. So the problem that needs to be solved generally within business is that the data sets are telling a story, but we, when you put them together, you don't really know what they might mean. So from the board perspective, the board needs to be committed to this in order to understand what problem they're solving, to look at the cost benefit impact of that. If it costs too much to implement and the benefit is not tangible, why do it? So be practical about it. In terms of improving products, it's, we see so many AI focused products not ever making it to market because the problem that they're solving is not clearly defined. So the developers get very carried away with what the technology can do. There's just cool toys. But, um, you know, the, the, the aspect there is to look at how it might improve a product to improve competitiveness, maybe the speed of response or uh, the improvement in the quality of the answers. Um, you know, for, for instance, the use of chatbots, you know, if they don't produce any meaningful answers, then people aren't going to use them and the project will probably fail. Mm -hmm. So it's really helping the boards to consider all of that and to provide adequate support to their teams. And that means working with the people. If the organization's large enough to have an HR team, you know, they should be on board and they should be prepared, you know, to support the people with, you know, questions and concerns about how, AI might affect their jobs, but uh, generally the business should use AI for positive effect to improve the business, to improve the safety, the well-being of the employees. And um, I think we need to really educate businesses to and employees to make them realise that AI isn't there to take jobs away; it's actually to help to assist humans. Yeah, and. Um so we had a chat last week, you and I, and um, yeah. we talked a little bit about some of the examples of how AI is being used or could be used. And I was very interested in, in the example of the supply chain. So how can AI be used to actually improve your supply chain, but calculate the best way to move forward with your supply chain, I suppose. Could, could you explain that to to us in a way that we can, you know, that we can see really the benefit of if you implement something like this, it's actually going to help your overall business potentially. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, supply chain is, is, can be very complex, not just in terms of quantity of supply, but other factors that might be affecting the supply chain, such as, you know, a, another player in a different market absorbing all of the components for a particular product that can actually halt another industry. And, you know, in order to understand what those issues are, they might be political, it might be the weather. You know, we've seen tsunamis take out components, uh, manufacturing facilities, which has essentially stopped the supply of certain pro digital products. Those factors can be modelled and the scenarios generated for the business by AI. And that can be done because AI is able to bring together multiple data sets and actually see patterns and inferences in those data sets and make suggestions about the cause and effect of certain things happening. And it's way beyond you know, what a human could actually do. So the human is able to make the decision, we will do this thing. We've looked at the impact of the weather, the political, the, you know, the social economic conditions in you know, the country that's supplying you know, some of the parts, how that might impact other parts. It may result in um, a change in design philosophy 
you know, that some component might be designed out or the company may make a decision about buying parts that are going obsolete. So buy the entire, and the, the, just that fact that a company might do that will have a knock on effect on other parts of the supply chain. So wouldn't it be good to know and to model that into the business planning and forecasting process? So those are the kind of things that AI can do to assist business planning and forecasting. These factors otherwise would be very difficult to correlate. And um, the benefit to the business by using AI is that a human doesn't have to do that. Uh, the human makes decisions because the AI is actually run through models and scenarios. And, you know, of course it has an, an impact and an improvement on the forecasting, which impacts on the supply chain and decisions that are made at a given point in time also assesses the risk associated with those decisions. Um, so they, the business leaders and those responsible, you know, for the purchasing actually can gain some comfort, you know, that they've actually looked at every possible factor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so really for the leader of an organization, it's, it looks to me like this could prove a very good um, tool, like a bit like a dashboard that they, they could share with their leadership team to make very informed decisions rather than maybe, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying leaders don't make informed decisions, but I think this obviously adds that extra granular data that they can then go back and say, no, we did look at all the data, we got more data than we had last year potentially, um, and can make better decisions. And yeah, I think, you know, that point about having more data, um, what can we infer from that data? Um, it's very difficult for humans to crunch lots of data. We're not very good at it. Um, AI can say, okay, we have, many businesses have ERP and business information, business intelligence systems, but they are contained within that particular business and within the data set they choose to analyze. The AI can analyze other data and extract meaning from that data and uh, also relevance. So that, um, you know, if we're, we're, we're faced with more and more data, it's very difficult to actually sift through and determine which data is actually important and is going to have an impact. Mm -hmm. And could you give us another example maybe of how you've seen AI used or maybe something that sort of, being developed that could potentially be a really, really useful uh, way of using AI. Yeah, and I think, um, yes, in terms of the aftermath of COVID, you know, there's um, governments are putting policies in place and those really put the responsibility on the individual to keep themselves safe. Um, companies are required to follow certain practices but in reality, um, it's very difficult uh, for the employer to um, be sure that they're keeping their employees safe at all times. And um, I, I can, in fact, I'm writing a policy paper on this, which suggests that AI can be used to join multiple systems together, uh, such as building access control, facial recognition. There are systems coming to market which can detect um, the temperature um, also to uh, send alerts if people get too close to each other but you know we're going to be producing a lot more data in order to keep people safe and um, never have we been faced with a situation whereby people are actually a risk to each other it's we're usually talking about you know industrial safety 
um, or threats that come from the outside through terrorism, which might be one person threatening many. Now, every single individual might be a threat to the other. So the AI technology can really assist here by actually drawing the useful information out of really masses of sensor data which will be produced as a result of anonymous surveillance. So it's not suggested that individuals would be tracked. If anything, uh, my idea with this is that the employee could, you know, have peace of mind knowing that their employee, uh, sorry, their employer is compliant with the rules because these protective measures are in place and the AI will tell them that the employer did keep them safe. So that's where I see AI becoming really helpful. And then when you look at beyond the workplace, how are we ever going to have public events? How, how are we ever going to have football matches, you know, motor racing, cycling, and all these wonderful things that happen that we enjoy and we experience? It involves being around a lot of people. Um, so how do you know if you're safe in that environment? And my view on this is it's quite possible we might see immunity passports and um, those could be anonymized so that through you know the simple use of access control technology people could just scan into an event and uh, get a green light it's okay to go in and that way there's reasonable peace of mind that the people that are in you know that event are probably okay mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah so the technology is obviously there so it'll be interesting to see how people receive the technology because just listening to you right there, I can I can see you know alarm bells going off with some people. Thinking, oh no, I don't want to be, you know, monitored in that way. On the other hand, of course, in some ways we need to give up some of our freedom in order to make sure that we can all live together. And so um, something like this this can help. And I and I like the idea that that can be anonymized. Um, that there's there there are ways that obviously all it's going to hopefully do is to just say, look, this is safe, this is not safe, rather than. Um, yeah maybe labeling someone mm. i think that everybody has um a reasonable uh fear of of uh surveillance um if it's not explained um and we all have rights to privacy as individuals um if, if we could imagine the use of technology being more like the kind of tech that um is starting to emerge in cars where you have radar so you know the car if a car detects another car within its field of view it doesn't know which car that is it just knows that there's a car there and you should move it's that that's the kind of you know sensible application and also perhaps the, the sort of analogy that may be explained um, but i think it's really important that the developers are very transparent and um, they they explain what data is being used how it's being used and how they're protecting the privacy of the individual. And you know, that's our right as individuals to know that. And then we should be able to make a choice as to uh, you know, whether we are part of that or not. Because um, it would, it, it's, we, I don't think any of us want a society where it's not possible to go out with someone somewhere knowing where you are yeah. <laughs> and what you're doing. You know, at the moment you can switch off Google location services um, you don't have to take your phone with you either. So, but if there are cameras that um, can actually detect the proximity of a person to another person, those cameras won't know who you are. They just know that there are two people shaped objects that are quite close together. That's kind of 
the way technology should go so that you can make the decision i'm going to move away from this other person because i'm too close uh, that informs as opposed to tracks they're very different mm. but but you know transparency is absolutely key and also one, one of the areas i stay very close to is to make sure i'm very well informed when it comes to the laws the private members bills being debated through parliament mm-hmm. um the debates that are going through you know the privacy groups um who quite rightly examine these issues and help them talk about the technology explain it um and also the the risks associated with that and you know with that kind of open transparent and collaborative approach to the use of the technology and the ethics and the laws governing it um i do believe there is a a very sensible way forward but it, they all have to happen together yeah that's the thing so if technology and, and human um ethical thinking thinking can come together then i think this this could be really good so um tell our audience a little bit more about how you would work with a, a board or a leadership team on maybe you know that that's thinking about they're, they're thinking about we should really be looking at AI. This could be potentially good for us. How would you work with them to assess that? Okay, it's a very good question. And I think um, that's the answer is rooted in understanding their business. So talking to the board and getting an understanding of what they're doing, what their goals are, what their aspirations are, what the competitive landscape looks like for their business. Uh, because, you know, sometimes the dynamic of AI is such that if one company does it in a sector, all the others have to do it. It's almost like a, a kind of herd mentality um, because the others are suddenly behind. So they have to catch up. But the conversation has to start with the board and what their goals are. Um, at the moment in UK company law, um, the board is accountable to the shareholder and uh, to ensure that the shareholder's interests are taken care of. But with improvements in um, the law and uh, focus on corporate and social responsibility we're seeing a wider view in terms of the impact of the business's activities you know socially and on the environment and all of these responsibilities sit with the board so that dialogue opens with the board and and that's the reason for for me actually focusing on the board agenda because my feeling and i know this from working with within lots of tech businesses Technology sometimes um, sits in a dark corner of a business because the people doing it, they're so, they're, they're so clever and able when it comes to creating code um, that, that actually does things. They kind of slightly lose this sort of this sense of what the business is doing and they, they don't always get a voice, you know, at board level. And therefore, if the board is saying, okay, so we want to move it in this direction, we know of AI, we'd like to understand what it is, what types of AI might improve our business. My consultation is with the board, but then to ask questions of every stakeholder in that business. So it starts, but it all starts at the board and it depends on the size of the company. Um, And that might be surveys, you know, it might be the HR team actually implementing this. Or as I recommend that a separate ethics committee, a committee is formed as a subgroup of the board with employee stakeholders sitting on that board. So this comes later, but the initial dialogue is always with the board to understand their business, what their goals are and their competitive landscape. Okay, yeah, that makes sense, makes complete sense. And I like how you explain sort of the slight disconnect between very capable 
IT people, leaders, and then the board or maybe the overall business. So to kind of bring that together and to say, look, this is a benefit potentially to the business. And we need yeah. to, yeah, that's great. And um, so Pauline, you've got some ideas of maybe where people could start with this and how they can maybe start thinking about this. I think you've got a um, sort of a free resource that we can put on the podcast uh, notes. Yes, um, I'd love just to talk about that a little bit. Tell us what so, that is. Yeah, I'd love to share that with you. Um, I created an ethical framework for the implementation of AI and business process. And that's a, a step process that starts with that board agenda and talks about the board defining the goals in really simple terms. There's no technical language in this at all. Um, it, it walks through, define the goals, what the deliverables might be, forming the ethics committee, but then advising the board the, of the kind of questions they should be asking. And it's very centered and focused around the privacy of the employee and also to look out for bias in, uh, in the AI. Um, because, you know, we can't um, get away from the fact that some of these AIs have been developed by siloed groups who may have used data sets that are like them. And, you know, that, that's, you know, why wouldn't they do that if nobody was saying you actually need to use the data set? This is a much broader, you know, representation of society. But with that knowledge, the AI could be corrected. And I actually feel that to help the board and help the business um, perhaps identify and start to iron out some of their, their bias issues in their business, the AI might actually help them to highlight that. But it's, it's guiding through. The board agenda, the goals, the deliverables, looking at the cost and the benefit, the impact on the employee, formation of ethics committee, proper testing process, a review, and the ability for the business to say, no, we're not doing this. So, you know, it may be that the impact on the individuals or on the, you know, the mindset and well-being of the employee is so considered to be uh, not a good thing for the business. And the business might say, we're not doing this and the board needs to recognise that. But it's actually joining the board and bring the joining the board up with the business and getting them more connected with what's going on in their business. So actually, aside from AI, it might help them um, to make better decisions um, as a result of just going through this process. So, so that's quite a simple document. It's a kind of step plan. And I'm more than happy to share that. Oh, that's brilliant. That, I think that'd be really, really helpful just to get people to start thinking about it and, and to think how they could take this forward. So we'll put that in the show notes of the, um, of the episode today. Um, so yeah, that's absolutely brilliant. And if you can just tell our audience just before we close, you know, how can they find you? Where's the best way to connect with you? Yes, certainly. Well, um, they can visit the Anacanta website, which is anacanta, A-N-E-K-A-N-T-A.co.uk or to email ask at anacanta.co.uk. We're also present on LinkedIn. You know, follow us on LinkedIn, uh, we're on Twitter and we're on Facebook and uh, we post regular updates and thought leadership pieces and uh, invite uh, interesting debate around this subject as well. So I'd highly encourage that. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you so much. And thanks so much, Pauline, for coming on the podcast. Really, really interesting. And I'm sure that'll give some food for thought for a lot of leaders who are listening. It's Thank been you. a pleasure. Thank you very much.